Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Corey. And I'm Shanik. And we're so glad that you tune in each and every week to listen to us. If you haven't already, leave a review on Apple Podcasts share on your social media accounts. We appreciate all of this support. Yeah, and we're excited because we just checked and we have 35 reviews up to this point. So thank you for leaving a review. We so appreciate that. Uh, But we also want to give away a gift card. Uh, We reached 30. So yeah, let's give it away. And I'm super pumped that this chick uh, actually is the one that won. Uh, She's a faithful listener. Man, she texts us all the time time, uh, after episodes, after she listens. And anyway... You are super encouraging card. to us, by the way. Yeah, you are. And it's uh, Kelly, Kelly Haskins. hey Yeah, so Kelly, next time we run into you, we'll give you the gift card. We'll get you a gift card. Yeah. Question of the week. Favorite Southern Indiana restaurant? Favorite current, Southern Indiana Your favorite current restaurant. Southern Indiana restaurant. Honestly, it's going to be my go-to, and I think it's the standard that all other restaurants in Southern Indiana are um, judged, by. judged by, and it's the exchange in downtown hmm. New Albany. And I want to say, not that they were the first to the game, but they've been around a while now. Mm-hmm. And man, I've never had a bad meal going in there. The atmosphere is just super cool. I love going to downtown New Albany. It's probably, you know, I grew up around here. So downtown New Albany was never as like, it's not happening now, but <laughs> it's never as busy as it is right now with everything yep. going in. And it's just super cool. There's a place like the exchange where you can go get good food, great atmosphere. And uh, yeah, and I, it will be the best regardless I do of like what you the exchange. say. Well, I used to love the exchange. They replaced their bean burger with the impossible burger. And I personally feel like the impossible burger is trash, mm. but the bean burger was like the best bean burger I've ever had. So the exchange, if you're listening, holla at your boy. I'll come way more. If okay. You get the I'm going to just interject real quick, Uh-oh. man. This was back before you went vegan or don't plant-based. <laughs> don't, don't tell everybody, but no, for real. Like, I'm so I went to the exchange. I was by myself one day and I don't like going out to lunch by myself. I mean, if I'm going to be by myself, I'll bring my lunch or I'll run home, but I just wanted to go to the exchange and I'm going down through it and I see bean burger. This was probably five or six years ago. And I swear, I thought it was going to be like a hamburger with some like black beans on top. With, <laughs> you ordered it <laughs> and I ordered it. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait for this. It's going to be so awesome. I was thinking it was going to be like a, you know, Tex-Mex burger or mm-hmm. something like that. And I bite into it and it was kind of mushy. And I'm like, wait, what, what is this? What is this? <laughs> so anyway, that's my experience with the black bean burger was it at good? the exchange. I mean, it was. Or did mm, unmet expectations. Okay, I will say this. I finished it. Yeah. Dude, it, it's I it's amazing. It. But that was like five or six years ago. I'd eat it today yeah. just for you. Hey, my, oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> but what, okay, what do you My do you favorite got? restaurant right now is agave and rye. I just love it so much. Cool and atmosphere. I know, yeah, it's it's interesting atmosphere for sure. But I, I love it. That's our go-to. I mean, you can't go wrong with tacos and margaritas. I mean. You can't. You can't. But I will say this. It's okay. Man. Um, but you've had a Torchies couple. Torchies just opened up. They, they're like good last too. last year. I would just last take, year, like a couple months ago. Was it? Yeah. Was it in 2021? They opened up this past summer. Oh man, maybe it's just because I've been there so many times. Wow, so that's a lot. <laughs> Speaking of all this food, like if you oh. have connections with these people, we would love to throw out and get some sponsorships, maybe. So holla at your boy the exchange. What's up? Where's yeah. our sponsorship? Or if you have a cool spot you love to go to and maybe you don't think we've been there, man, invite us to dinner and you pay. <laughs> <laughs> Such a mooch. The Russian word for mooch is uh Paprashaika, because my wife says it to our daughter all the time. Because she's a mooch. Oh, you're okay. a paprashaika. I like it. I like how you roll the R. Uh-huh. I try. Well, I get my wife gets on me all the time about that, and it is what it is. So, what are we talking about today? 
man. Um, we're both in really good moods. Yeah. It's been a good day. Yeah. And yeah. we're excited to talk. Yeah, Unlike kids. last week when we weren't excited and we both encouraged ourselves <laughs> on our own podcast. <laughs> we did. You know, this week, uh, school's getting started. We're back in routines. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it's just a good season. And man, I just feel good. Feel feel really good. But I think, man, I want to get, I won't say controversial, but I want to just tell a story and then, and then bring we will up, get controversial. And it'll bring up something <laughs> that, you know, um, will at least spark a thought. Yeah. And, and this might be a part two. I don't know. We haven't even got into this episode, yeah. but we might need to unpack this next week. Stay patient with us. We are going to talk about something potentially controversial, but we want you to hear our heart and where we've come right. in this thought process. Right. And this might just be the beginning stages of a longer conversation. But I, let me just tell you the story first. So a couple of weeks ago, I was down at Nolan Lake. Um, friends of ours from Texas drove all the way just to spend a couple of days with us. And that was so cool. Uh, ministry friends of ours, they're pastoring down there. And man, our families just get along so well. But they've been coming in every year for the last five or six years. And we go to Nolan Lake. And one of our favorite things to do is to rent a boat. And uh, we drive to uh, the cliff, as it's called. Uh, about a, what, 30-foot cliff? 35 uh, feet. 35. You, you climb up this side wall of a rock wall and up into this ledge. And it's beautiful. It's in this little cove inlet thing back between a bunch of stick ups. So the scenery is just beautiful, but then the kids get a jump and you know, it's scary, but also exciting for them. And it's also a cool place to just, you know, bring a little water saddle and your life jacket or no life jacket and just go out and just swim. Like it's just such a cool spot. And I've been actually going to Nolan Lake for like 12 years. So I've known about this spot for a while, over a decade. And this is just where you go to have a good time, to jump the cliff. And we went this day and back there was another boat with a family from Ohio. They love trying out different lakes around Kentucky and going cliff jumping. So this is where they were. And the mom happened to go off. They had paddle boards and they went back into the inlet in the cove even further, her and her son. And they come back about 20 minutes later and were like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful back there. There's this little stream with the waterfall over a cliff in the back and we took our paddle boards underneath of it and we were just drinking in the water and getting soaked in this refreshing stream water and so cool. And I'm like, man, I've been coming here for 12 years and I've never went back this inlet. Hmm. Like you can't take a boat back. You gotta, they yeah. had a paddle board or we can have just swam back with our life jackets or, or our water saddles. And so we're like, man, we need to check this out. So like our whole families, all 12 of us just get on our like little stuff and we start swimming and it takes about man 45 minutes which in the water seems like forever when you're kind of swimming just slowly to get back to this spot and we get back there and I promise you man it was so beautiful the rock formations with the little bitty it wasn't like Niagara Falls but it was like a small stream trickle over this making this waterfall and it was just so beautiful like Kevin and I were even saying like man we feel like we're like in the Amazon or we feel like we're in a different country like this Hmm. feels so amazing back tucked in here well, as we're paddling and as we get to this opening where the waterfall is and the rock formation, my son Jude says something amazing. And I really didn't pick up on it until I thought about it for a week or so. But in the moment, I also was encouraged because what he did is he looked around and he said, man, it is awesome back here. Now, mind you, those that don't know my son Jude, he's seven. And he goes, man, this is so awesome and so beautiful. And he goes, God made this just so we could enjoy it, which Right off the bat, I was like, oh my God, that 
Yes, Who he taught did. You that? I know, <laughs> like, man, what have you been doing? Who have you been listening to? Because this is freaking awesome. Yeah, but he goes, man, God, yeah, God made this for us to enjoy. He, man, God made this so good. Like just looking at the formation, God made this so good. And then he said something astounding. I didn't quite pick up on it when he was saying it, though, but he goes, yeah. And he makes all of us good, too. And I'm like, wait, what did you just say? And my friend Kevin's like, oh, my dude, Jude, you're freaking preaching straight gospel right now. <laughs> and I'm like, man, he makes us so good. Man, I kind of took that away and kept thinking about it on our trip. The next week after I got back, like every day, it was just a thought like, man, Jude is seven years old, man. He sees God in his goodness so much so that he even thinks about people the way we all should think about people. And he says, yeah, and he makes us all good too. Hmm. And the reason why this might be a little controversial and maybe let's just talk about it for a minute when he said that statement, he makes all of us good too. I would say that most people in the church, most people who um, are believers, are Christians, I think they would have a problem with what he said. And they would and they would say, well, no, he doesn't make all people good. He, only some people are good, the ones that eventually come to him. Meaning like, man, maybe these people aren't some people aren't good or people aren't born good is what most Christians and believers mm -hmm. would say. Mm -hmm. And then I'm thinking, man, where, where did we get, where did we get off track? Where, where did we get off thinking that man, like these precious, like say innocent, like kids and looking at them and not believing the best about them, not believing that they're good. Like our, our initial thought is, man, yeah, those are some cute kids, but until they come to Jesus, they're, dirty, rotten sinners going to hell. Hmm. And so, man, I just want to talk about that for a minute, if we can, and get your thoughts in it. And I got, I got a few thoughts and there's a few places that I would like to even, even go and even read a little, a few scripture on what that even means. Cause I know, I know you have a thing on, and I think you just released a blog recently, or maybe you preached on it about how people aren't broken. Stop looking at people as broken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you want to speak to that? It's a trigger. So I also want to be sensitive to this because I know that this can be a trigger conversation for a lot of people because we are indoctrinated with this belief and we're taught this by well-meaning people who have been taught this but have never challenged it. And so I know that we have people in our life that automatically challenge what we're about to talk about today, Yeah. but they haven't looked at it from a different lens or a perspective. And Oftentimes, a lot of people have been taught these things by people they respect. So to believe the opposite, it would be like either they feel unloyal to the people that mm -hmm. taught them, or they would have to say, man, I, I learned wrong, and therefore they didn't teach me the truth about this. Yeah. And, and there's an uh, what's it, uncomfortable feeling about that, so I get it. And I get that we're going to come at this conversation having studied this for years, contemplating it, wrestling with it, having a viewpoint, changing the viewpoint, having a viewpoint, changing a viewpoint. And so to just kind of dump this, I do want to be very cautious on all the things that we say about this, because this might be a new conversation for you, or you might automatically put up this fence or red flag of like, there's no way I'm, we're not, right. I, I'm not going to believe this. I'm yeah. not going to, and we're not asking you to even get maybe yeah. to even where we're at. And honestly, I won't, I won't even sit here and say, I even know for sure where I'm at with a lot of this stuff. 
Yeah. When you think, when you really start to get down and think about it, but at the same time, I know it's great to just have conversations around things like this. Yeah. Where like, again, a, a previous co- uh, podcast that we talked about, um, this whole idea of not only being teachable, but being curious, not yeah. judgmental. Well, we'll get into that in a future episode because that's yeah. a Ted Lasso thing. And I want to do a whole, but I've, yeah, but I've already brought it up. Yeah, on but the I want to do a whole podcast. But on this it. is exactly why I brought it up before. Like, be curious. It's okay to yep. try to think things through or to figure things out. And even if you don't get to maybe a new level of understanding or even a place where you want to change the understanding you have, you might want to stay where you're at. And that's completely okay. But at least be curious enough to have the conversation and see what might else be out there. Yeah. And so I do not believe that anybody is broken. And so I'm just going to blanket statement that. And here's what. So I just started another master's on biblical counseling and mental health. Um, I, I do a lot of studying on... Um, Psychology, uh, Dr. Caroline Brown. There's uh, a, a lady, Leaf. It's Dr. Caroline Leaf, uh, Dr. Nicole Lapera, who's a wholeness psychologist. Um, she actually made a quote. She says the vast majority of the collective is trauma um, is traumatized. It's our secret, unrecognized epidemic. Trauma extends far beyond the big events, and at its core, it's disconnection from true self. It presents as depression, deep loneliness. And anxiety, and all of us, including you and me, have healing to do in different areas of our life. Oh, for sure. All of us are guiding each other home, back to the mind, body, and spiritual connection we had at birth. And then she says this quote, broken is the illusion created by trauma, but wholeness is your truth. Hmm. And I don't know where she she is spiritually. I haven't done enough research on her. But that one quote alone has triggered me on a whole thought process of, yes, every single one of us, when, when we've been told since birth that we're broken, dirty, rotten human beings, you will live that way because you're believing a lie about your identity. Yeah. But if Jesus made the universe whole 2,000 years ago, and the biggest problem humanity has is a thought or a belief system about who you are at the core. Right. You will live broken because you've been told you're broken over and over and over again. Brokenness is a lie. It's an illusion created by your past trauma. It's not who you are. Wholeness is who you are. Yeah, that's what we say all the time. Like in the world today, there's not a sin issue. Mm -hmm. That's all churches and some people want to talk about is all the sin and all of the, you know, I get it. It has effects. It does. It has consequences with it. But we don't have a sin issue. We have an identity issue where people aren't quite there uh, connected mentally. They've still got the trauma. They still got, you know, the things that, that they've experienced that has maybe warped their, their, their true self or mm-hmm. their view of who they really are. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we really try to do in our church more than I think anything else is get people to awaken more and more and more to new levels of who they really are mm-hmm. and who they've always been in my opinion. Yeah. And, and who they've always and been. We can dialogue about this. I'm down for it, but we, I was watching the Disney movie, uh, Raya or Raya, however you say it. And there was a scene, I wrote it down, uh, the, the dragon lady says, you can't trust anyone because the world is broken. And then Rhea, the princess girl, says, no, maybe the world is broken because you can't trust anyone. And she flipped it. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, yes. We look at the evils of this world, but if, if you think about it, of how that person grew up and their experiences and the trauma they experienced, like most abuse cases come from abuse themselves. Yeah. Most abusers have been abused. Like if, if you look at the reality, like most people, no one has believed in people. No one has spoken true life over people. No one has reminded you that you're a whole person. So when you believe this lie that no one loves you or nobody wants you or you're not good enough, you will live that way. 
Yeah. Because it, it comes down to a belief system. I, I, I went to, uh, I was doing premarital counseling for a couple just last night and I was sharing the four myths about marriage. And one of the, one of the myths I say is that your other significant other does not complete you. You are already a complete human being. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying this to this girl, I'm not going to say her name because I, I don't know if she listens and it's confidential, yeah, it's all good. but I, I looked at her, I said, this guy does not complete you. You are already complete. And I could just see, maybe I'm totally wrong, but based judging off, you know, her, right. her demeanor, Body language and dude, all of it. you could just see something break. And like for the first time someone spoke life over her mm -hmm. and I just, I stayed there. I was like, you are an amazing woman. You, you are complete. Like you don't need him, but you choose him. And it's that love that will endure any trial that you go through in your marriage because and it goes back to that other trigger thing is, oh, this is just my better half. No, you're not a half human being. You're right. a full human being. <laughs> right. And that other person is a full human being. And together you guys can do great things. Yeah. It's and not 50-50. It's 100-100. Yeah, it's 100-100. That's yeah. the other, that's a second myth. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I just love. I love that. Because that's my life message is helping you believe you matter. And I'm convinced that this ideology that you're broken, or really, really it's the whole sin nature, which I'm going to go through the history in just a second, or maybe yeah. we'll do another podcast on that. Yeah. But the reality is, is when you're taught this, you believe lies about who you are. Mm -hmm. God created humanity in the garden, and he said it's very good. And what Adam did is not more powerful than what God did. Yeah. And if you believe that, then Adam well, is that, your God. Well, that's what I wanted to go to. And if we can go yeah. there just real quick, because whenever Jude said, man, God makes us all good. Hmm. And hearing that, it's like, oh my gosh, that's 100% right. But why do so many people think that people are created now bad? or and sinful they'll say, they'll say or sin. broken. And they'll say, oh, well, because it goes back to Adam. Mm -hmm. And because of what he did, now everyone today is born a sinner, born bad. Mm -hmm. And I get what they're saying, but also if I can, I'm just going to, can I read like one scripture sure. from Romans, Romans sure. 5? This is my go-to all the time. And in light of also what you just said, like people that have this view believe that what Adam did was greater than what Jesus did. Because as I, as I read scripture and even Paul puts it this way in Romans five, verse 18, after he goes through the first Adam, Adam and the second Adam Christ, right? He's paralleling the two, but then he finally gets to verse 18. He says, consequently, okay, because of all of what I just told you, he said, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people. Okay. So we get that. Okay. What Adam did, sin entered into the world earlier. He said, sin entered into the world through one man and death through sin. And then this way, death came to all people, hmm. right? But it says here in verse 18, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. So is all people, not all people? Because we always want to include people in the conversation of, oh, all people... You know, because of Adam's sin, all have to experience death. And then so now we're like, well, is all people not justified and made righteous because of what Jesus did? Look, these aren't my words. That's no. a direct verse out of Romans 5, this verse a, 18. This is a seminary joke. I hope you know this because the seminary joke is all means all when it's talking about Adam, but all doesn't mean all when it's talking about Christ. Right. And it's so, and, it just blows my mind. And you should critically think about that. Yeah. That should be like, huh. Yeah. And well, because then people will still say, well, People are born sinners because they have the propensity. Think about a little kid. His first mm -hmm. instinct is to say no. His first instinct is sometimes to rebel. His first instinct is some kind, sometimes to disobey mom and dad. Like, so we, we think that we're bent towards sin, and mm -hmm. that proves that we have a sin nature. 
But then my question is, well, Adam's sin, was he created with a sin nature? Right. Like, answer that question. Hello. Like, yeah, he was able to choose yeah. to do that. Just like we have a choice to go counter of our identity today. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the, sin, the sin, sin nature conversation removes responsibility from your choices. What you just said, you just triggered a thought and I'm just going to spill this out. I'm, I might need to retract what I say next week yeah, after sorry. I think about it. We're just, we're just having a conversation. It's yeah. okay. But if you believe that you're a dirty, rotten sinner at the core of who you are, then any sin choice that you make consciously, you don't need to take responsibility for it because it's just who you are. And I would argue the reason for why we don't sin is because we must take responsibility for who we are. Right. Because who you are is good at right. the core. Right. And I'm just, at, I, I did some studies. So here's, here's some history. You, you brought up history and then you didn't go into it. This should make you think. The early church never taught the doctrine of original sin for the first 400 years. It didn't come into the conversation until it was developed by Augustine. Augustine. I could have guessed that one. Yep. It was developed by Augustine. Original sin, is yep. de- there's one of two things that he developed. We're not going to get in the other one right now. Original sin is, is, is one of them. Then you have the great schism of, I don't know if I said that, said that word right, yeah. schism mm-hmm. of 1054. It's when the Western Roman Catholic Church and the Eastern Orthodox Church split. And it became popular during the Protestant Reformation in the 1500s and Calvin's teaching of total depravity, which is where you get your five-point tulip from um, Calvinism. That's only 500 years old. Right. However— Well, let's stay there for just a second because you brought up the schism. So—and Calvin. So in Western Orthodoxy or Western Western Christian thought, which is where we're at today Mm -hmm. in America especially and even in Europe. Mm -hmm. So that's why they focused more on— Jesus dying on the cross, right? Shedding his blood. And they want to focus on that element. That's why in most Catholic churches today, there is the Jesus, the figure mm-hmm. on the cross. And they, don't get me wrong. No, they it, wanted to focus on sin. It was an incredible event, but because of the sin piece. Mm-hmm. So man, that was their biggest issue is man's sin. So let's talk about mostly Jesus on the cross, yep. whereas Eastern or Eastern. Eastern Orthodoxy and Eastern Christian thought mm-hmm. more so focuses on life, mm-hmm. and they focus on the Jesus resurrected. Yep, that was a great and that's split. the schism that yep. that you're talking about. I just wanted yep. to throw that in there oh, just gotcha. to get the picture just giving of, a history lesson of of just and and the both, people both thought, they get both, bothered both thoughts the people yeah. that get bothered that we don't focus on sin that we focus on what you believe <clears throat> they end up going to churches that beat them up and talk about sin, but let's talk about the fact that sin doesn't become solved. Even when you focus on it, you just wear a mask better. People hide their sin better because they're beaten up every single week. And, and I believe true grace exposes sin so that you can actually deal with it in a healthy and real way. Yeah. Cause grace doesn't give you the freedom to sin. It gives you the freedom to live life yeah. and you can't get over stuff in your life when it's hidden and in the closet. And all preaching on sin does is help you to wear your mask better where yeah. grace helps you expose it. And so that was another tantrum. When you teach this view, this, this split of the great schism, and you teach sin nature, uh, it makes sin a condition, not a choice. And if sin is a condition, not a choice, you don't have to take responsibility for your actions because it's just who you are. Mm, yeah. That's what, that's what I was trying to get at. 
And as a grace preacher, I'm huge on responsibility because I think it's our job to bring heaven to earth. It's our job to change the world by being people who are attractive, by being people who take responsibility. So no, I, I, yes, I'm a grace preacher, but I'm not giving you a license to sin. No, let's right. confront that sin head on and deal with it because I truly do not believe it's who you are at the core. And you brought up the science. There's actually, I don't, I don't know the actual scientific term. But when babies and children are growing up and they're mine, and we've used that as preachers to talk about a sin nature, that there's actually a real scientific term for them growing and adapting to the culture of their mind and their ability to grow at that at that level. And that's not contradicting scripture. That's it actually proves God in, in a lot of ways as we become individual right. in in how we make choices and and how we learn. That's that's not sin. And so yeah, I also have a big problem with believing that God created humanity with a nature contrary to himself. How yeah. sick of a God is he if he creates human beings in a in a contrary nature to who he is? Right. Have you ever thought about that? No, I haven't. As if following God is unnatural. It can be difficult, sure, but it's not unnatural. God doesn't create junk. He only creates good things. Yeah, in the creation story, which most people know in the church world, like he created everything and it was good. He created man and he said, it is very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah. He created man in his own yeah. image. And did Jesus and not it get us back good. to our original state? Man. That's what I keep going back to. Man, what Jesus did trumped what Adam did every day of the week, no matter how you want to spend the conversation. Yeah. That's what I always go back to. I refuse to believe in a God who's not bigger than yeah. Adam. And here's the thing. In order... Okay, so the people, though, that are on the fence of, well, wait a minute, no, there is a sin nature, but then you also then have to answer the question, well, then what happens to a person then before they accept Jesus or whatever process you want to believe that they have to go through in order to get new life then? And then so that's when most people will say, oh, well, that's that there's the age of accountability. And mm -hmm. then you're like, well, show me that in Scripture. Oh, no, it's just like a Jewish traditional thing that that's what they believed. And it's like, wait. I don't know if you know what you believe because even like even the Jewish uh, teachings, they don't really believe in like hell, like you believe in hell. So what do they need to be saved from? And I know I'm going somewhere that maybe we'll save it for another episode. Yeah. What in the world? But no, but this is where <laughs> this is where they are at. Yep. But then you want to throw in that it's Jewish tradition. Yeah. That that there's this age of accountability. And I, I, don't, I think there was. But also, as I studied it out, it's not for the reason most people think it is. Yep. And so, <laughs> and it's not even in scripture. Well, if we're talking about scripture, the word sin nature is not even in scripture. It's a mistranslation for yeah. flesh. Flesh, and we, and we can, sarks. We'll dissect yeah. that. Yeah. We'll dissect that next week because I think we should close, but I want to close with this thought. Okay, Are you cool it. with that? Yeah. So, hey, come back for the conversation. Uh, we just wanted to go here and, yeah. and just have this conversation. We'll and, unpack it at a greater level And unpack next week. it, yeah. And I want to we'll close with these two thoughts. One is from Dr. Don Keithley. Uh, he says this, all sin is mistaken identity. Adam sinned when he forgot who he was. Most of us sin because we either forget who we were or never knew yeah. who we were oh, yeah. to answer that thing. Yep. He goes on by saying, Jesus came to take away the false identity in our minds. And the gospel story is not a story of separation by sin. The gospel is a story of a father who is so faithful to us and loved us so much that he came in human form to reveal to us and demonstrate for us, Jesus, in our original design, what humans actually were supposed mm. to look like. That's beautiful. I, I hope know. you heard that. That that was so beautiful. I got I got one more. Daniel Schroyer says this. Yep. Let's get, we let's are get. so used to goodness being connected to our actions, yet original blessing isn't based on human action. 
So when we go looking for proof of original blessing, we don't look to ourselves. We look to God. Original blessing is about who God is before it's about who we are and who we're becoming. When a person turns toward evil, we don't call it destiny. We call it a tragedy. We cannot fall back on some idea of a sin nature to blame for what we choose. That's amazing. Hmm. So if we were born with a sin nature and someone continues in their evil ways, nobody calls it, that's their destiny. Right. But if we believe in sin nature, that's their destiny. Right, then we should. That should make you question yeah. this conversation. Yeah, and I lo- and, and I, we really didn't go get into it, but you brought up original blessing. And so that's just like the mind shift, the change mm-hmm. of thinking, not necessarily maybe original sin, but maybe looking at it as original blessing. And let's get back to that spot, knowing our identity, who we are and how we're blessed and honestly realizing really how big it was what Jesus did for us to man. Yeah. You are not broken. You're not broken. You're amazing. God loves you. He believes in you. You were created for so much more than just living with this idea that you're a dirty, rotten person and sin for far too long has played the starring role in Christianity. And we need to get back to Jesus. And that comes with understanding not only who God is, but who you are in light of who God is. Yep. So back to Jesus. So we'll come back next week and we'll unpack this at a much greater depth. All right, let's do it. All right, you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it. 